All right. Patreon episode. Redley Fletcher cast, Joshi 2010s, our first episode in the year 2011. Okay, it's good to be here. Sure is. We're starting with the way we started, actually, this uh, 2010 with Ice Ribbon. Yeah, I think it's going to be a uh, nice little tradition here. Uh, pretty pretty much. Well, actually, no, we're going to like probably start uh, phasing into um, the uh, the Ribbon Mania when that starts up, because New Year Ribbon kind of gets, I think it gets phased out or later in the month. I don't remember when that change is made, but I know it's kind of gone back and forth on months sometimes, like some years. Yeah, so it's... I can't ep- remember. Yeah, can't remember, episode yeah. 14, Ice Ribbon, The New Year, which took place on January 4th, 2011. Uh, hopefully, uh, based on the uh, sheet that you can check out of, of the shows and matches that we're going to cover, which you can see for free on the Patreon, Ridley Retrocast. And if you're listening to us on Kay's Big Egg Joshi podcast for free two weeks later, you're more than welcome to check it out as well. Maybe you even got some suggestions for us. Yeah, it's, um, definitely, definitely want us to watch more Ice Ribbon. That's what I, that's what I come away with. Because it's always, this is going to be an interesting year for them. Because this is the last year of Emmy Sakura. They go through a massive change, and uh, a lot of people leave with Emmy Sakura. Yeah, also, at this point, so... Uh, not at this point, not in January, but as we go through, like, I think the midpoint of the year, I think it's credited as either April or June, is when the transition behind the scenes goes, because Emi Sakura announces her departure at the end of the year. Doesn't leave till, like, the next month. But she, uh, she'd already told everybody she was leaving at this point. About that point, not this point yet. Personal reasons. Reasons we've never been privy to. Yeah, it's a big deal. I, uh, something that we'll probably never know. Uh, and I, I think that's okay with how everything... It, it doesn't seem like there's any bad blood there. Yeah, it's kind of odd, right? Because you would think there was, because they had been working with each other for so long. But then, like, Sukasa shows up in, in Gato Move, and, and Emi does the same for Ice Ribbon. Then recently, Emi helps rent out and wrestle in the Ice Ribbon Dojo for the first time in God knows how long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem that it just it just seems like it was business and there's no sense in talking about it. <laughs> I mean, you could try. There was an interview, but I don't bring that up as much because I feel like it's reading into things and doesn't do them any justice if you keep bringing it up. No, but it's a new year. Neo has closed new promotions. It's <laughs> yeah, it's dead. Uh, new promotions are bouncing up in 2011. But we're sticking with old faithful here. It's Ice Ribbon, <laughs> the old indie company. <laughs> the old, the old indie company. Uh, the Dragon Gate of Joshi is, as I call them. Yeah, in a lot of ways they are. It is the do-it-yourself promotion, and they do their own things, and that's that's very okay. You do need a promotion like this, I feel, to kind of be in that in-between of super small and staying away from the super big. And there's a there's definitely a charm there, and Ice Ribbon has. A hell of a lot of charm going for it, and they have their own way of doing things. And boy, oh boy, is this a good example of a show? <laughs> yeah, especially right from the opening match when we get actual children wrestling each other. Yes, uh, and as you heard at the start, was the Sukushi song, and Sukushi is in the first match against one Hiragi Kurumi, or just Kurumi at the time. We are at Shinjuku Face attendance. 
of 285 people, I suppose. <laughs> that sounds about right for a Jujutsu face audience this early. Yeah. Nice ribbon. And um, yeah, it's it's you would think with a really small children rookie type match that they would be doing just drop kicks and Boston crabs. Uh, far from it. <laughs> No, Sakushi's like drop kicks. What are those? I'm gonna do a bunch of other things and drop kicks. I'm gonna do a lot of lucha libre that I probably watched on television <laughs> <laughs> to see a child. So Sakushi in like current time isn't too much taller than she is at this point, which is no. even funnier. Not and at she's all. still doing all this lucha moves. It's, it's gonna be great for her in wrestling development because she's never changed size, so she never had to adapt. <laughs> Yeah, and she still has the same finisher to this day. <laughs> oh, Harukaze. Yep. She's not calling it that, that at this point. That is no. her finisher. No, no, no. But yeah, it's a nice little six-minute match. Uh, I'm really I'm really into seeing the the growth of Sakushi. She is the she is the next Riho for all intents and purposes. Uh, it's kind of funny. Her and Karubi become the most dominant tag team in just a few short years after this. Yeah. Uh, the next match is Emi Sakura taking on a new student that debuted two days prior, and that is Mochi Miyagi. Look, it's a Mochi. It's a Mochi. She actually debuted uh, a couple shows prior. This is her third ever match. Yeah. yeah her third and uh, it shows. It shows. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, Mochi stops, looks at Emi, the crowd goes, ah, come on. <laughs> They're laughing. She looks at Emi for direction yeah. several times. It's like, what do I do? And the crowd just laughs at her. Yeah, and uh, I good, like that. It's great. Yeah, good old Emmy Sakura on a on a big ice ribbon show in the undercard with a trainee. Um, K, unselfish AF. Yeah, Emmy Sakura, not known to have being a selfish booker. Also, Sukasa Fujimoto, same thing. Kind of funny how that works. Good teachers. Good teachers. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, this is this is also a good example of. Emi Sakura needing and wanting to push the next generation and to become ticket sales stars themselves, uh, basically so they can make a living later <laughs> running their own things. What do you know? And, and so, uh, you know, in case she was still running Ice Ribbon in the future, so she can also make money. <laughs> right. You can't make money off of just your name only. Yeah. You have, to have other people around you. Otherwise, what, what are you doing, really? Yeah, Mochi Mochi Miyagi in this, uh, she looks like absolutely a new student. Uh, there's no ifs, if ands, and buts. Uh, she also looks like she came off of the street, as in skateboarding, because <laughs> that was her gear here. Yeah, she definitely had the 2000s streetwear going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, definitely my kind of style. Uh, as long as Mochi Miyagi, you know, works on her shoulders game a little bit, maybe maybe she'll be exactly my thing. You know what I mean? I think, got, I think I think you've got the wrong shoulder person. She was in the last match. <laughs> oh, that's many years later, Kay. Don't even don't even go there. <laughs> many years, my guy. It's like a couple years after this, her shoulder gets swollen. They just stay swollen. So yeah, Emmy Sakura wins. No shock there. And and, and no. she should. <laughs> Let's be fair. No, no. You tell me Mochi Miyagi doesn't beat her. She is not a super rookie getting pushed three days into her career. No. <laughs> What up? She's not the wall crusher just yet? Not yet. <laughs> Io Shirai and Mio Shirai take on and defeat Sayaka Obahiro in, uh, well, Tour de France gear still, and The Ham, Hamako Hoshi. 
a less white ham and better looking ham and better wrestling ham. <laughs> Definitely more fit. Yes, uh, twelve minutes, and it's uh, it's the heel Shirai's that it, that was their that was their role in the match, and the young Obi Hero, also very young into her career, and uh, uh, the ham is definitely on the more, I can't say veteran side, but at least a <laughs> higher experience than most other Ice Ribbon wrestlers at this time. Uh, I think she's part of the first class. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think she is. I know Obi Hero, technically. Uh, no, no, she's not. That's not. I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, but Obi Hero is also one of the ones that leaves with Emmy. So yeah, and she's still and she's still with Emmy to this day. She sure is her broken leg and back and all. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, Io Shirai uh, ends up pinning the ham. She tries to go for kind of the uh, the flipping bridge, but totally messes it up, and the ham accidentally like rolls out of it due to I guess the pressure. So then Io Shirai just kind of picks her up and does the revival of all things. Uh, one Saki Kashima fans would know what I'm talking about, or the Mousetrap, Orange Cassidy fans. Uh, and that's how Yoshirai and the Ham win. Uh, Mio Shirai, she's a dick in, like, everything that we that. see. <laughs> I was about to say that. It's like, Mio Shirai being a real dick. Like, the whole time, oh, all throughout these matches, anytime we see Mio Shirai in action, she, she's an asshole. <laughs> she, is, she, she is an absolute asshole. <laughs> it's great. I love her. She's amazing. She's also a sexy asshole, so you have to respect her to some extent. Yeah, her her whole job is, uh, and you definitely see Yoshirai has the athleticism, there's no doubt. Uh, eventually, we'll see more of Yoshirai actually uh, kind of break out from these things. But until then, Yoshirai is kind of the focus, inadvertently, where she plays a lot of character work, she boots people in the faces, and she poses. <laughs> a lot of posing. All right, the next match is uh, something of nightmares. It's Chi Tomia, tiny four foot eight girl who she's got style. I will admit she's got some style, but she is very tiny. She teams with Yuko Miyamoto, the guy who we just saw like stab Suzu Suzuki to death recently in a death match. We sure did. We sure did. And they are taking on Miyako Matsumoto and Michael Naka. Naka, Nakazawa, Kenny Omega's buddy, and oh, man. good look. I recorded an episode thanks to UK because you won the Pick'em that's available on the Patreon. If you sign up, you can enter. Uh, you made me watch a hustle show, and I had discovered hard gay, hard gay and real gay. <laughs> yes, I discovered both. I don't know what I'd call Michael Nakazawa. But he is hard nor real, but he is definitely something. <laughs> he dressed He's up as a sexy okay. nurse. He dressed up as a sexy nurse K with a banana hammock. Thong. He sure did. He sure did. Good thing he wasn't wrestling any actual children, otherwise there'd be some questions asked. Well, I th- you know, we discovered why Dino is out of shape when he does his kind of thong <laughs> shticks and everything. Because yeah, Michael Nakazawa yeah. here is in phenomenal shape. Six-pack sure abs. He's got fucking toned-ass legs and thighs. And the problem is, when you're wearing what he does and doing the gay shtick, okay, I'm a little uncomfortable with how in shape he is <laughs> dressed like that. <laughs> That's the best. I'm That's like, great. Nakazawa, your legs should not look that fine. 
you're making me question <laughs> question things. <laughs> uh, I was like, your ass looks a little too fit. You want to ask you to pull some pants on, please? <laughs> I'm like, I think I would rather see a flabby ass because of the <laughs> shit he's doing makes me want to boo him. But I'm like, damn, that's a nice ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so how Endo gets over. Endo's a heel, but he's a damn good looking heel. You can't boo him. You're just like, man, this guy's an asshole, but those abs. Can I wash my clothes on you? <laughs> Dude, the Michael Nakazawa song was crazy. And then Miyako is just there. She's just antagonizing of it. Okay, so they, begin, they they do some shtick. The bell rings, and Chitomiya pins him in nine seconds. Or actually, uh, Chi and Yuko pins them both. So uh, Miyako and Nakazawa both get pinned in nine seconds. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Got to restart the match. About halfway through, Miyako leaves, and she comes back dressed as a sexy nurse. Because <laughs> of course she does. It's like, this. I, I know what the problem with our team is right now. I'm not a sexy nurse. <laughs> That's the big break Miyako logic. You get it. It's great, yeah. So you give me a Yuko Miyamoto, he's kind of the best wrestler in this match. Sort of, I guess. And he just kind of throws Chitomi around. Chitomi is the big baby face, but they don't like... They do this weird thing. I couldn't tell if the crowd was into it, uncomfortable, or they liked it. I think it was what I was feeling. Where I go, I like some things. I definitely hate a lot of it, but I don't absolutely hate it. <laughs> but I definitely know I don't like Bianca Matsumoto. <laughs> I know I definitely don't like most of this. Uh, <laughs> Chitomia uh, pins the evil, evil sexy nurse Nakazawa and... Uh, yeah, lasted nine minutes. What a weird match. This is an ice ribbon special. Sure is, and they don't get they don't stop getting any weird. I guess they don't get this weird ever again. <laughs> Not um, modern time at least. They, they kind of they kinda do. They kind of bring in some triple six shit and it they, they, happens all the time. Said that wasn't an ice ribbon show. That was an ice ribbon cross triple six show. Okay. And it's still it was, ice it ribbon was... with weird shit on it in the mid card. It had a dude do a strip dance in the opener. And one of the, that show, I remember this because I was watching it live and I was like, I should hope they, they didn't have any children in attendance. No families, please. Back in 2011, families allowed to see Michael Nakazawa <laughs> dressed as a sexy nurse. Our semi-made event is Mima Shimoda, who absolutely looks like... Okay, how do we describe Mima Shimoda? Because we haven't seen a whole lot of her on this journey so far. She's kind of hanging out on her own. Looks haggard. Is Haggard the right word? Yeah. She looks like she's like strung out. Probably shouldn't be wrestling anymore. Mm, I mean, she's definitely slowed down a lot. She looks like she's in a little bit of pain. And uh, I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, every t- anytime we bring her up, I, f- I watched that seed, seed ring show one time. And I was like, dude, this is depressing. But Mima Shimoda definitely looks like she belongs in a cigar lounge and bar has a giant cigar she's got exactly these clothes on that you see here in this match where it's like the low cut but you definitely see that maybe she was in the tanning booth too long and she's got <laughs> I said she looks haggard yeah and then she's got <laughs> then she's got a cocktail in the other hand and whenever she screams or does anything it's got that smoker's voice on top of it so you just hello big boy <laughs> <laughs> well it's because she was a smoker a lot of yeah, Japanese and she looks like that smoking. too. <laughs> you know, Shirai was also a smoker. Who Mio? 
Eo and Mio, both oh, of them. Oh, well, I believe it. Fuck. It's just kind of a thing in Japan. People still smoke cigarettes over there. It's not as a taboo as it is over everywhere else. Even though it probably should be because it's bad for you. Okay, there's a lot of things bad for you. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, maybe Shimona looked haggard. Like something, something you see at a bar. Like, not a good bar. Like, That's what like I've described. Those... <laughs> no, you went a little more fancy. I'm like, you know, you know that biker there's bar There's nothing down fancy the road? about a cigar lounge and bar. <laughs> Most of the you know time. Biker... You know that biker bar down the road that like five people frequent and they're all sad? She's like one of those five people that's sad. Oh, that come bar. on. Give her a little bit more class than that. Jeez. I mean, listen, they have a popping Friday night drink night, okay? We will. We God, you make it sound like Mima Shimoda's got a cigar and she's getting Bud Lights on Fridays. She probably is. <laughs> I'm she like, at least give her a cocktail martinis. and a nice chair. <laughs> I'm thinking like she's like some James Bond movie kind of like fucking bar over here. No, no, that bitch is the I never said James Bond. I'm saying at least not. A hole in a wall type place. Mima Shimoda's got a little bit more class than that. Do we both agree, though, she at least comes in on a motorcycle? Uh, d- yeah, duh. Duh. She has, she, <laughs> she, like, I mean, you look at her, motorcycle comes to mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Calls up Manami Toyota on a Saturday. She's like, hey, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> I have to go to this dive bar that I normally frequent. <laughs> oh, God. Can you pick me up a six pack of cigars? <laughs> And a six pack of bud. We need it for the road. All right, so she kicks the shit out of Makoto for 11 minutes. Poor girl. <laughs> that poor girl has to do the job to an old woman who can barely move. To be fair, Makoto's not ready for the next step, despite being a next, uh, the, the next champion. I think this was a good spot for her. Yeah, it's kind of weird, Makoto's journey, that is. Because, like, she starts off, as we saw her early, she's promising as fuck. And then she just stops progressing. And well, that continues to be a thing for years. Here's the thing. There's four people in the main event that are way better than her and have more potential. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've said this before, but Makoto only in the recent two or three years has gotten good. That's, that she's like been wrestling for a while now. I don't yeah. think she's ever gotten good. She hasn't been starting to get good since like 2019. You know, it's surprising where when you watch and get into wrestling in different eras that uh, now that we're going back and we're seeing someone like a Makoto, uh, she would be, you know, out of everyone on this card, she would be the one I would figure. Actually, when I'm looking at the card now, everyone's still wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of them have stopped wrestling. Except, except one. Except yeah. one person. I mean, Mio, and, uh, Mio is still involved heavily. Yeah, I mean, she technically wrestles sometimes. Sometimes, kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, there's only one person that isn't wrestling still on this card, I think. Is Chitomia still? What? No, she's not. I was about to ask. I don't think she told me this wrestling anymore. So that's two. So that's two. And Shimoda, I think, finally hung it up. Recently. <laughs> yeah. That. But yeah, Makoto would be like the last person. <laughs> I would see stick it out a, a decade. <laughs> yeah, especially because when she leaves Ice Ribbon, she does fucking nothing. Yeah. Pretty wild. She wrestles in Reina. <laughs> that's that's becomes her thing. Yeah. Uh, so the the match was just a one sided kind of mess because Makoto just I don't know there's something something off about her style. I don't think she knows what her style is. Yeah, I don't think so either. Main evento. It's Hikaru. Sh- okay, it's for the International Ribbon Tag Team Titles. It is the team of Fujimoto and Hikaru Shida. Muscle Venus. Muscle Venus. 
taking on their team name Hikari Manami and Riho. Now, before I go into this match, K, because a little spoiler is I fucking love this match and I loved Hikari Manami. And something we missed in 2010 was the ascension of Hikari Manami. Why did we miss this? Really? <laughs> well, why did we miss this? Well, I took it upon myself to go in the archives and even uh, uh, find a very bad video <laughs> over a couple things, and that is the Hikari Manami matches. Uh, there's two. There's there's three in particular I want to point out: two against Emi Sakura and one against Bolshoi. Okay. All right. The first half of 2010. She is no good. Just not good at all. She is all over the place. She's very sloppy. Emi Sakura is like guiding her step by step. It's it's quite it's actually quite bad. Then all of a sudden she beats Emi Sakura. And that match was fine, I guess. It's a major improvement though. And you do notice it. Uh the Bolshoi match is where Bolshoi wins the title from her. Because Minami beats Emi Sakura for the title. Uh, a Bolshoi match was just all mat work for only 10 minutes. And none of these matches go much longer than 10 minutes. They're all about that same. So I'm like, hmm, what happened here? And my theory is she they, they gave her the big main event push. And Emi Sakura believed in her. And then they, they, they just gave her the credibility and it felt like motivation because as soon as she lost the title to Bol- Bolshoi that quick, you go back and watch a couple of these tag matches uh, with her ending 2010. And this match we're about to talk about here is a great, great point because that back half of 2010, she just improves at such a pace. It's, and I'm going to say it's, it's kind of prodigy level. Because everything you see in this match, everything's silky smooth, everything's dynamic, everything's popping at the right time, everything's clicking. And this is not a singular event. She did it in multiple tag matches in the back half of 2010 that we just straight up missed and didn't notice. But we're noticing it now because this is a main event and Hikaru Minami blew my mind. She was the best person in this match. Well, sort of. She's the second best person. Uh, Sukasa exists. Sukasa is still, still just above her, but Hikari Minami, I'm saying she is number two in this promotion right now. The problem with Hikari Minami, and I've only seen her name pop up and I've never really watched much of her stuff until this point, uh, she's kind of like a flame that just kind of flickers out quickly. Like, she doesn't have a super long career. A super long career at the top, if memory serves. She kind of gets there and just drops just as quick as she's gotten there. It's almost like wrestling. She just decided wrestling wasn't for her. It was just a hobby. And I, th- my theory is, because I looked into kind of how long it goes, where does she go? And as you say, it just it was just this heavy flame at the top and then just disappears. And when you see moments like this and you see kind of in a vacuum, not a vacuum, in a... Uh, in a, in a closed environment that this is, that I think this was a case, this is pure theory, that she reached the top and then decided this isn't what I wanted to do. I wanted this to be a hobby, not the main thing of my life. Right. Well, that's, so that's the thing. 
With Ice Ribbon, as I think we've discussed this before in other places, they have the Wrestling Circle. Now, they're mm-hmm. not the only company that has one, but I think they have the best one out of all of the other companies. They have the Wrestling Circle, which is their first two classes are free, right? And then after that, you pay it, you pay it monthly, but they have two tiers of it. They have the Hobby tier, which is just regular old Wrestling Circle. And you'd be surprised how many wrestlers go from that to being serious wrestlers. Uh, Yuki Mashiro, Yappy being two recent ones, right? And, and I think Mochi was also one of those. And sometimes they're convinced to go to the main courses where they pay more money and end up learning to do more wrestling and not just the hobby stuff. And then they ask if they debut and everything. And sometimes it takes them to the point that they debut and wrestle for a bit and they realize that they didn't actually want to do it all along. That's easier to say that at this point, because I think nowadays that retention rates will much, much higher. But in 2011, wrestling wasn't money. You didn't make money doing it. Yeah, and that's another you thing. You level is, of wrestler to make money. Yeah, and that's another thing is, could we have another case here where, oh, I can't do this full time and have the same life and not make enough money and that kind of thing. That's very possible. So we have to, this is a good example of just kind of reminding ourselves of what the era was and how how some people just don't have that 100% I can't make a living on this and look Kay I'll be honest if I was a wrestler during this era if I was a Joshi woman in Japan in 2011 I don't think I I think I'd make the same <laughs> the same uh decision as I can't make a living off this I got to go do something else <laughs> Dude me sure I was working at a fucking Lawson's while she was wrestling. <laughs> like, she couldn't wrestle and make money off this. She had to, like, work at a lawsuit and do grab your DVDs to make money. Right. So, I mean, and I think EO, uh, she never really disclosed, but I think she also worked at, like, a store, too. Like, a lot of these wrestlers uh, had second jobs because they couldn't make money. I mean, some of the Ice Woman rosters still have second jobs. Some of them doing it more because they want extra money, and some of them, sure. uh, it's their career. Like, yeah, not, not being yeah. a real estate agent. <laughs> Not not everyone. Uh, it's funny because three people uh, on this roster became big stars in in the United States, and Emmy Sakura took her fucking twenty years to get to that point. <laughs> it sure did, and I don't think she would have ever gotten to that point if she didn't have Rio right there that got signed by AEW. Well, I mean, it's Emmy Sakura and Riho's connection to Kenny Omega, which is a lot of that, and Sheeta's connection with Kenny Omega, and it's funny how much Ice Ribbon and AEW kind of have this weird connection along with, well, Kenny Omega and DDT with TJPW. It's it's a relationship I would love to see be nurtured into something big because I just selfishly, I know you, you would love a little fantasy environment where we get like Tsukasa Fujimoto and Sakushi, just the drop kickers coming over and just schooling everybody in AEW on how to actually wrestle. <laughs> I require them to be on TV and get TV time, but I'll say this. I know, but the fantasy scenario the is connected. they just come in, they 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 cut a promo with subtitles, and like, we're the fucking drop kickers. We're going to take your heads off and take your AEW tag titles. You know, fantasy, right. fantasy land. I think what you're mentioning, the connection there, it, it's only connection during the for the Emmy Sakura era. So it's only Shida, Emmy, and Riho. Sukasa and and Kenny don't have that connection. Sukasa and Sukushi don't have that connection. So I, I think I think that goes along the lines of the two different eras of yeah. Ice Ribbon. It's pretty wild. How that and how different connections were made with different eras of this company as opposed to other eras. 
think yeah. that's the important thing because Sukasa doesn't even know AW exists. He had to be told it exists before. This is before, <laughs> obviously, they rented her the dojo. Right. But she didn't know that she didn't know the company exists. She doesn't know WWE exists either. I bet she like right. gave Fuji, Fujimoto a call. It's like, hey, you know, I work for this big American company. Have you ever heard of it? No. Uh, well, no, we want she... we want to pay you a bunch of money. <laughs> So she admitted this in one of her live streams. She's like, I thought Sheeta was working for WWE because that's the only oh, company she knew existed no. over here. Oh, I'm heartbroken. That's the only company she... Uh, listen, AEW has been existing for how long? They don't I have know, kind of but that's still... You can't that's, be surprised I know, by but still. That's still... Ah, uh, heartbreaking. All right. To be fair, none of them could name a modern WWE... How does WWE she not know where Riho works? <laughs> because she doesn't talk to Riho. She should talk to Riho. Everyone should talk to Riho. <laughs> I, I I don't think that they're buddy buddy friends like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they hate each other, but I don't think they never get the feeling they were friends. Sukasa Fujimoto was just threatened by Riho's uh, international success. <laughs> no, no, Riho is threatened. That's why she went to we're the We're telling States, a lot of jokes on this one here. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes Sukasa going around. Sukasa Fujimoto is better than Riho, and Riho knows it. That's why she's over in the States. Hikari Minami. Uh, she was doing fucking uh, springboard drop kicks, springboard one-legged like Mortal Kombat kicks. She was doing roll through, uh, uh, roll through cutie specials. Um, she did this wild kind of reversal pendulum on Sheeta, uh, where it was this deadlift cutie special. She did a uh, that that. Um, uh, run up the corner and then springboard off crossbody deal. She was just all over the place. It was incredible. And then Sukasa, you've really seen her development into uh, her style and what she's able to do and put together with Sheeta. And then Riho was Riho, so you know she's very solid and doing her thing. Uh, she's still like fourteen. So what are you gonna do? She's still great. She's still in grade school. <laughs> and Sheeta was very rough she uh she had she had her moments don't get me wrong but <laughs> she has a long way to go still i think this is the year we see her improvement she capped out 2010 being uh having like i said the interview where she was very open and honest about disappointing disappointed she wasn't in her own wrestling ability even like then she, we saw a large amount of improvement from her in 2010 yeah and going into 2012 she trains fucking roster members once emmy leaves <laughs> So that tells you how much of improvement she gets later on. I mean, Sukasa also helps train people as well, but Sheeta is also credited as training a few people. Risa Sarah actually was trained by uh, both of them. Yeah. Well, this was this turned out to be the Sheeta Minami show. Uh, Riho and Sukasa had their moments, but this was all about giving Hikaru Minami a lot of light and Sheeta something to win for, and that was to retain the titles here. Uh, with um, oh, what did Sheeta hit? She hit. She's starting to hit more suplexes. She hit. Uh, what was the move beforehand that Minami kicked out of? Hmm. Don't, don't remember. I know she's. She, I know she went from being like strikes to trying to add more suplexes and things to her offense, which was noticeable in this match. Yeah. So Sheeta hits one big move that we can't remember right now. Let's just assume it was a German, <laughs> just old faithful. And oh, the crowd really popped to because Manami was taking a beating. She was taking double teams. She was taking a lot of knee strikes from Sheeta. Uh, Riho was just uh, mostly kept out of the match the last five minutes. And then Sheeta hits, uh, goes off the ropes and hit, hits her running knee as the finisher. 
And I believe that's the first we've seen of it. And she screams in victory. And the crowd pops pretty hard for Sheeta's big victory here. Because maybe at this point, uh, Fujimoto's gotten a lot of the pins. But uh, Sheeta has pinned a former champion of Ice Ribbon so far. And this was, a, this was a, just an excellent match. I put this up on the Daily Motion page, Redleaf Retrocast, immediately. Uh, go watch it. I highly recommend it. Uh, two out of three star recommendation. And our current match of the year. <laughs> I mean, we just started, so it's a little, a little, a little early to tell. I don't but care if we just started. This is the best one out of the six that we've seen. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait till we watch more Muscle Venus tag matches because they were really good together for the brief period of time that they were uh, a tag team. It, it feels like it's brief. It probably was, but they were very good together. Uh, fun fact: Muscle Venus was also the name of the show that they were both supposed to be a part of. Oh, that, that got them sense. to Ice Ribbon. Makes sense. Well, what's your opinion on Hikari Manami coming out of this? Uh, she's great, but I can't get too focused. I can't get too attached to her because I kind of know she flickers out pretty Oh, hard. come on. That's like me discovering Ayumi Kurihara, and you're like, ah, she retires and whatever. Dude, enjoy this. We're watching all that. We're watching all of 2011 here, and this is a big year for her, I feel. Right. No, I get what you're trying to say. I get what you're saying, but as good as she was in this match... I'm more interested in just seeing Tsukasa and Sheeta sort of the, the development, especially Sheeta's because at a certain point she gets really good and ends up training people. And I kind of want to see when that pivot happens. Well, we'll see that. But right now I'm on the Minami train and I'm all about uh, her like pineapple getup that she's got on and she's teaming with Riho. Uh, Riho <laughs> has still this like wild plastic pink gear that she's got and the pink and black <laughs> uh, young Minami Toyota S colors, Kay. Uh, don't you dare do that. Oh, come Manami on. Hasn't even started, Manami hasn't even started wrestling at the company. Only two wrestlers <laughs> only two wrestlers get the right to be with Manami. That's Tsukasa uh, and Tsukushi. I'm glad I poked Believe you Riho's well. child ass out of this. I'm so glad I poked you well. <laughs> I hate that you said that. God damn it. Hmm. Uh, Riho could never be Manami Toyota because Manami Toyota is the goat. Riho is just Wonder Bread. Uh, Riho was more successful in North America than Manami Toyota. Hate to break that to you, but that is a fact. I mean, Manami Toyota hardly wrestled in America, so your point. I have a DVD several- on my shelf over here where Manami Toyota was relegated to Chikara because she couldn't make it as much as Riho. I feel like that was because Chikara didn't know what they had. Oh, they absolutely knew what they had. <laughs> they had a has Chikara. been. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. fuck off. Well, you know what? Only one of these wrestlers wrestled in the Tokyo Dome, and their name's not Riho. So, checkmate. What, Re- what does Riho need the Tokyo Dome for? She's got these 5,000-plus seat stadiums all chanting her name. 5,000 to 40,000? That's one know, time. You, is- add up, you add them all up, and uh, Riho's got her beat. Absolutely. Anyways. I mean, how many Budokans did, did Manami wrestle in? How many 10,000-seater shows is she in? Uh, probably more than Riho. Nah, you're just making up things now. All right, the Budokan shows don't exist. Yeah, no, never happened. <laughs> Didn't happen. All right, so our uh, our next episode is the first dive into stardom, the humble beginnings. It's a little rough. Oh, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's real rough. Yeah, stardom's going to be tricky to cover because so many of their shows is rough undercards. So we're going to have to like kind of put together packages of what we see from them. 
Oh yeah, you don't watch old stardom like start to finish. You don't do that. It's like really bad, actively bad. Yeah, so we'll have to like come up with kind of 10 match cards that we'll do of just things. I mean, assuming they're in the archive and we don't have to buy all these things individually because that's when it'll get aren't. right that's when that's when it'll get a little bit more tricky uh, is trying to get all these together but i i think uh how we're going to do it for at least at least for non-major shows uh of matches of interest we'll just kind of like put five to ten matches together and make an episode out of those matches over a period of time i think that's the yeah. best way to go about it can't think of another company that started off as rough as stardom started off Nothing comes to mind as a company that started off as the bottom of the basement. TJPW? Yeah, I guess that would be the only secondary <laughs> one. They actually wrestled in a basement, so I guess that's fitting. Two, uh, two promotions that are also the biggest in the scene currently, ironically enough. They have the most money behind them. Yeah, they started in really humble beginnings. How about that? Yeah, uh, nice episode to start off 2011. Lots of jokes. Uh, my discovery of Hikari Minami is is great. Uh, pretty fun that my favorite wrestlers I'm pretty much getting attached to are all come from Ice Ribbon, uh, with the exception of like Misaki Owada and uh, Ayumi Kurihara. They're kind of the other the other two, but most of most of them are in Ice Ribbon. Very interesting. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and we had uh, Nakazawa too. You know, I can't forget him. Yeah, sexy nurse and fit Nakazawa. Very very <laughs> embedded in my mind. Yeah. Episode 14, 2011. Everyone hit us up on Twitter at BullyingJD. You are at Blue underscore Kano. Uh, everything's in descriptions. Uh, definitely check us out on the Patreon if you're listening on the Big Egg Joshua podcast. Any any money we get uh, goes to getting tapes like this, uh, covering more and more, uh, just like our old Joshi uh, uh, tapes that we get for LLPW and JD Star. Everything's going to the cause where we can provide as much content as we can put out each month and it's a it's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of bang for your buck say the least i decide say for i'd say so yep all right see you next time with stardom see ya